Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home. Series one is for all of you looking to buy your first home. And whether that's next week, next month, or even next year, we'll walk you through the process and help you build your knowledge, your understanding, and your confidence really help ensure that you have a plan in place and that you're ready to buy when you want to be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. We'd love you to get in touch if you'd like some help with your own situation and you can find us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe using any podcast app out there, including of course Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, Credit Scoring and Your Agreement in Principle. Hi, it's Mark. And so up to this point, we've talked about the importance of getting your plan in place. And the earlier, the better. Ultimately, we said it will ensure that you get your dream home in the most time efficient way, but also in the smoothest possible way. So hugely important. And we talked in the last episode about getting yourself as presentable as possible. And that really is about those small marginal gains, those little things that you can do to tidy up your finances, whether it be your bank account. We talked about your credit file briefly. And we talked about a load of other small things that you can do to get yourself as attractive as possible to lenders. And so today, we're almost to that point where you're ready to go out and start looking at properties. And just before you do, I would always recommend getting an agreement in principle, otherwise known as a decision in principle or a DIP, D-I-P or an A-I-P, different terminology for the same thing. We're going to come to that, but what I'd like to do is just give you a little bit of context and a little bit more detail around your credit score and your credit file because I think there can be a bit of a mystery around this. And we hear a bit about people having a good credit score, a bad one, mediocre score. Does it actually matter? I would argue your credit score is probably slightly less important than your credit file. And so let's talk about that. Now, your credit file is a record of information that's held about you, all sorts of different things. So it will take into account any credit agreements that you have, like loans, credit cards, car finance, store cards, even utility bills and mobile phone bills, those types of things. And there'll be all sorts of information that is contained within that, your payment history, your balance, who you owe money to, how well you've conducted it, credit limits, all sorts of information. If you've ever seen your credit file, you might understand what I mean by that and more about that later. Not just your credit agreement, so so it'll also talk about your 
electoral roll, whether you're on the voters roll or electoral roll, your address history, and it will also come up with linked addresses on your credit file as well. And what I mean by linked address might be if you've not changed your address or previous addresses will tend to get picked up on your file. So just be mindful that anything you've done at previous addresses is likely to follow you. Your credit file will go back six whole years. And equally, if you were to miss a payment now, for example, that will stay on your file for six years to come. So it shows the importance of making sure you get things right. Quite a few other things will be within your credit file as well. So if you've got any aliases, for example, we see that from time to time where you might go under another name or if you've got married and you've changed your name by Depot, it will tend to link and pick things up. So again, it's incredible how much information, if it's out there, it will tend to get picked up. If you've had any financial associations with other people, so for example, if you've got a joint bank account, any joint account of any description, it will link you with that other person, whether you're still with them now, or if potentially you've been with them in the past and are no longer a couple or in a partnership, potentially it will bring their details up. Court records as well. If you've had credit problems in the past where maybe you've had a county court judgment, or if you've been bankrupt or quite serious credit problems, it will be on there if it's within the last six years. And the final thing as well, if you've ever applied for credit, the company that you've applied to credit from will do what's known as a credit search. And so they request the information from your credit file and they can then view it to make a decision as to are they happy to essentially lend you money. And there are generally two different types of footprint that we see, a soft footprint and a hard footprint. So a soft footprint credit score, we see them a lot in the mortgage world where it's visible to you if you go and check your credit report, but it wouldn't be visible to a lender. So a lender couldn't see that credit report. A hard footprint is like it sounds, it's a harder footprint on your credit file, it's there for all to see. And if you have quite a few of those, it can have an adverse effect on your credit score and credit file. As you might imagine, if there are lots of credit scores done in a short space of time, it might signal that you're desperately trying to access credit. So that is your credit file. And in the UK, we tend to have three main credit reference agencies. You may well have heard of some or or all of them, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. These are all separate entities, separate credit reference agencies, and they will hold information about you that lenders that lend you money will share with them. Now, because the information in your credit file with each one of these three is given by the lenders that you've borrowed money from, we do find from time to time, they may be ever slightly different. It may be that they've had the information reported at different times of the month, and it may be that certain things might be on certain credit files, certain things not. Also, if I tell you that Experian provides you with a credit score out of 999, if you go and request your credit file from Experian, it will be out of 999. If you go to Equifax, or you may have used ClearScore, which is using Equifax, they score out of 700. Whereas TransUnion, the third credit reference agency, actually would score you out of 710. So as you can see, your credit score will mean different things with these different agencies. 
Now, taking a step back, these different credit reference agencies will use the information, use the conduct of your accounts, may look at things like how much are you utilizing your credit agreements. By that, I mean, for example, if you've maxed out your credit card, you're utilizing that by 100%, and it's seen as a negative, whereas if you've got a limit of £5,000 on a credit card and you're using 500 that's only 10%, and so that's looked upon in a far better light. Now, the credit score that each and every one give you, I would say don't worry too much about because when we go to a lender to ask them, can we get a mortgage and for a certain amount, they will pull the information from the credit reference agencies and put it into their own internal score. They couldn't care less what your credit score is with Experian, Equifax or TransUnion. It's more about bringing the data, bringing the information and the conduct of all of your accounts into their own system. Now, we find mortgage lenders will tend to use either one of these, two or, or even all three. And so you can see how we've talked about before, using a mortgage broker to look at all of your options across the market, you could actually be presented in a slightly different way, depending on which credit reference agency that the lenders use. And your conduct of your accounts, they will look at ever so slightly differently from lender to lender anyway. Now, whilst you can't affect anything that's happened up to this very point, making sure going forward that you continue to make your credit card payments on time, your loan payments on time, using the tips that we talked about last time, just make sure you keep on top of absolutely everything. So your credit cards, if they're not already, get your direct debit set up to take the minimum payment each month because a late payment counts on your credit file. It counts the same as a missed payment. The good thing with your credit file, whilst things will stay on there for up to six years, the further in the past it becomes or the further into the future we go, the less of an impact those things will happen. So even if you have had problems in the past, all isn't necessarily lost. And really, this will help form part of your plan that your broker will have helped you with in the first episode that we spoke about and in the past anyway, all very much part of the plan. What I would strongly recommend is to keep an eye on your credit file. Whether you've had credit problems in the past or not, it's really important to see ultimately what the lenders are going to see. And so being able to see the conduct of all your accounts, you know exactly what the lenders will see. Many of you may already have that. You may have already registered with Experian or ClearScore, which is how you view your Equifax credit report, or Credit Karma, which is your TransUnion credit report. You may have multiple of those. And with some of those, you get a free monthly subscription and you can view your credit file. Some you have to pay, might be a few pounds each month, typically about 15 pounds for one or two of those. What I would recommend is check my file. So have a look. You can look it up online. They provide you with a report which details your credit information from all three of those. So Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. It sets it out nice and neatly, and you can see across all three how it's reported. Like we said earlier, you may actually notice some slight discrepancies between them, and it's more to do with how it's reported, what time of the month things are reported, um, etc., by having your Check My File report, it means that some of the lenders where they may use multiple reference agencies, still you can see what they're going to see. Definitely not a silly question. 
Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked by a client this week, because something that we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, there really genuinely are no silly questions. And so the question this week I've been asked, do I have to proceed with the lender that I get the agreement in principle with? That is a really good question and something I'm asked quite a lot actually, and the answer is no. The agreement in principle is, I would suggest solely there from the outset to give you confidence that you can get the mortgage that you want and the selling agent and the seller themselves reassurance that you can obtain that mortgage. Once you have your offer accepted, at that point, you would update your options, your broker would go away and update their research, and it may well be that there's a more appropriate or more competitively priced lender that will offer you a mortgage at that stage, in which case you would proceed with them. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please get in touch through my LinkedIn page, I'm Mark Humphrey, or via the MHC Mortgages page on Facebook. Not only will I come back to you nice and quickly with an answer, but I promise to try and share your question in future episodes because you can be sure if you're thinking that question, there'll be plenty of other people thinking exactly the same questions. Now, there are a couple of things that I need to tell you as we're talking money and mortgages. It's important to seek advice for your own individual circumstances, okay? And whilst it might seem really obvious, a mortgage is a loan secured on your home and your home may be repossessed if you don't keep up your mortgage payments. So in other words, if you have a mortgage or when you get a mortgage, pay it on time, you'll be fine. So what actually is an agreement in principle? Well, the good news is that really important bit that allows you to start your house search in earnest once you've got it. So really, it's a provisional agreement from a mortgage lender to grant you that mortgage of X number of pounds. Your broker, you've already spoke with them about your plan, and they will be able to approach the most appropriate lender and request an agreement in principle from them. If you chose to go directly to a lender, that's fine. The process is very similar, only that you do it yourself. And it's a case of providing information for the lender to make that decision. We've already talked about your credit file, so that will form part of it. Again, it's not your credit score. It's the information on your credit file and the conduct of your accounts. They will pull through into their own internal scorecard. In addition to your credit file, there's loads of other factors that you would provide information on to enable them to come to a decision. So things like your occupation, your income, your length of time in your current job, your address history, the size of your deposit, whether you've got dependents, so children, whether somebody is financially dependent on you. As you can imagine, that makes quite a bit of difference in terms of your outgoings. Outgoings as well in terms of credit commitment, if things are going to remain in place, if things are going to be cleared. We find some lenders, for example, if you've got debt that you're going to clear before you buy, they know statistically or historically a lot of people, although they've intended to clear those debts, haven't. And so they will use their affordability calculation and everything 
based on the figures that are outstanding now. Whereas a large majority of lenders, if you intend to clear debts, they will ignore them. But also things like childcare, if you've got maintenance, those types of costs, which of course are going to impact on the affordability of the mortgage. And also the mortgage itself. So what you're requesting, the mortgage term, for example, will have a bearing on their decision. Naturally, the shorter the mortgage term, the higher the monthly payments, and the tighter potentially your affordability could be. So that's a big impact and your retirement age as well. For those that are a little bit older, it may be a case of having to reduce that term to ensure the mortgage is paid off before retirement. So a lender will take all of this into consideration and they will come back with a decision. Most things these days are computer says yes or computer says no. So it's very automated because of the volumes of applications that lenders deal with. And so all being well, we'll get a yes and we'll also tend to get a maximum loan amount. So it may be that whilst you've applied for a mortgage or an agreement of principle of, let's say, 250000 actually given your income and everything taken into consideration, you could borrow three hundred. If that's in the case, many lenders will put that in the agreement in principle certificate, which is something that your broker, or if you go directly to a bank yourself, will provide you with. And that certificate is really important with your house search, which we'll come to in a second. Now, it's more and more common these days for lenders' uh, agreement in principle stage to do a soft footprint credit score. So we mentioned that earlier. A soft footprint is something that you can see if you view your own credit file, but other lenders can't. So it has absolutely no bearing on your credit file and credit score. And if you were to do several, it wouldn't make any difference. There are a few lenders that do a hard footprint, which is visible and has a small bearing. So... It's important to be aware the agreement in principle is an agreement in principle and it's always subject to a full application. And a full application for a mortgage would only be something that was done once you've gone out, found the property, had an offer accepted and then looking to proceed at that point. At that point, we'll come to that in future episodes in the next couple of episodes. The application will ask for some more detail around all of your employment, your income and things like that. They'll want to know information about the property that you found, the type of property, the age, all those types of things. And also they'll take into account your documents, so your pay slips, your bank statements, potentially your proof of deposit as well. So that's something that isn't provided at agreement in principle stage. As we said, they'll make their decision based on the information from your credit file and the information provided, as we mentioned before. So at application stage, they'll review your documents, they'll review more detailed information, and they'll send a surveyor out to sense check your property, that it's worth what you're buying it for, and that it's in reasonable condition and um, certainly reasonable enough condition for them to grant the mortgage on. And so this agreement in principle certificate that we've said that you would get, that you'd be provided with, serves two really important purposes. Firstly, it gives you reassurance to know that you're able to get the mortgage that you need, which bigger picture stuff means that you can get the house that you need. So along with your deposit plus that mortgage, you can get what you want. 
Equally as important, it's something that you can provide and it's something that the estate agents will ask for where they're operating on behalf of the person selling the property or people selling the property. It's their due diligence process. So quite often, even before you go and view a property, they'll want to know that you've got an agreement in principle in place. So ultimately that you're not a time waster and that you're good for the money. And certainly if they don't ask for it at that stage, they will tend to ask at the point of you putting an offer forward because they really don't want to waste people's time and they want to ensure that you've got the means with which to buy that property. At that point, again, we'll touch on it in the next episode, but not only will they ask to see your agreement in principle, but they may well ask to see where you're getting the rest of the money from, i.e. your deposit. So they might just want to see a savings account statement or if it's being gifted from family, might just want to see a letter confirming a gift from parents or close family members. So that's all quite normal. So how long are agreements in principle valid for? This is a question that really does vary between lenders. And the shortest you'll find will be 30 days, so nine a month. And the longest tend to be about three months. So what I would say from my experience Don't worry too much if you're getting towards the end of that period, if you've not found a property. It's something certainly that your broker will be able to renew it, get a new one for you. Um, I know certainly at MHC Mortgages, we diarize it for you. So we'd be in touch a few days before your agreement in principle expires and we'll just simply organize a new one. There's a word of warning in there though. So be very careful once you've got your agreement in principle it's really sensible not to have any material changes on your credit file. And so what I mean by that is please don't take any more credit out. Please don't go over your overdraft credit card limits. Please don't miss payments. When the lender goes to renew your agreement in principle, it's likely they'll run another credit check. And like we said earlier, even if it's a soft footprint or whether it's a soft footprint or a hard footprint credit score, it will pull your updated information. So if something is worse there, potentially you could have a different decision come back. We don't see that very often. And I would just say, be very mindful of what you're doing. And if you do, it's very, very unlikely that a different decision will come back. We're at that point now. So we're at that point where the fun really begins. Okay, so you've now got your agreement in principle, you've got a certificate you can take with you, and you're ready to start viewing properties. Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when we'll be talking about the search for your new home. In the meantime, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. So until next time, take care.